0: Hi there, skating fans! Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. Hi everyone, it's that time again. I'm Alex Kilby, Technology Projects Manager at Skate Canada, welcoming you to this month's edition of the Alumni Blog. Last month, we had the opportunity to listen in on the conversation between Skate Canada's past president, Benoit Lavois, and Olympic silver medalist, Debbie Wilkes, as they discussed Benoit's early years in skating. This month, it's part two of the conversation, where Benoit talks frankly about skating, its joys and its challenges, and his role on the ISU Council. Debbie and Benoit, take it away.
1: Before we talk a little bit more about your presidency of Skate Canada, I'd love it if you could pick one event uh, at which you judged as being the highlight event of your career up to this point.
2: Yeah, up to this point, I would say, of course, there were many, many, many events. I've been fortunate, you know and, and, and I' I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that I've been involved at all levels uh, I've done Olympics three two times I've been to several world championships as an official I did all the international competitions that you can read in the book uh, I've been I've done a lot but they, of course there is one that is standing out and it's not only because of the outcome but it's the one where I had to put myself in a situation where my real values had to be shown, and, and, and that's the Olympic Games in two thousand and two, and Debbie, uh, it was in Salt Lake City, and uh, you know everybody knows that story. For me, when I went to those Olympics, it's the year that Jamie and Jamie Sally and David Pelsi had a chance to to win the Olympics, and we didn't have you know a pair skate, a pair team, uh, with such um, a chance uh, for many 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 years. And then um, it it was quite, uh, I I knew what to expect because I was well trained, but I never knew that I was going to be so um, looked at and in so many angles from everyone in the skating family, in the skating world, meaning the media, the International Skating Union, my own organization, Skate Canada, my family... My my friends, that people. I mean, for the first time in my life, all the attention was pointing through to to, to a situation that nobody wanted to happen, but where everybody had a different um, not opinion, but had a different um, um,
1: interpretation.
2: Yes, interpretation and also opportunity, because you know, I thought for me there is one word that will always you know summarize everything. It's humility why are you doing this because you know what sometimes people are looking for some platforms to to, to to be shown some other some other ones would like to use the media and be able to say yes there is the limelight all of these things count we all human eh? we there is always a part if I like to perform if I like to show off or if I like to my personality that we say that sometimes you know is a bit is a bit where I move my arms all the time typical French but the they, they we are who we are but we we always aim for one thing there is a job to do but sometimes there is an opportunity where you can be that can be given to you and you need to make a choice i am here in what for for me when i went to olympic games i was there my first olympic games it was the it was almost a nightmare and it's hard to say that because it's the ultimate goal and that was my dream because you have to understand that for me going to olympics in 2002 I went very fast with, in my career. I was granted this privilege before many other good judges who were as good or probably better than me, I always thought, and that should have been there. So I always had this feeling about you know whose turn is it and should, should do I deserve it and I was very, very surprised to feel that the, that the when Skate Canada made the decision, they took into account the coach, the skaters, the organizations the confidence that they have in the official. Uh, can, he can he do it? There are so many factors that come into play when we have to decide if we, we can, if this person is the right one to judge an event. And to be, if you go back to what I said earlier, to the total objectivity it's not easy when you know that you have a team there that is from your your country, and then all the eyes all of a sudden will be looking at your marks. I mean, it's it was a big, big, big. There was there were a lot of lot of things there to put pressure on on, on someone, and of course I was very nervous and so on. But at that event, I don't want to make it too long because I don't know if that's interesting. But, but what I do know, is that it, when it, I knew one thing, I knew the politic the politics that was involved. I felt, uh, I felt confident because I was ready to judge it. And I can tell you something. I was 39 years old. And for me, I had dreamed to be there. And I said, you know what? I had decided that I was gonna, we were using the video replays at the time, and it we were starting with this. So we could, you know, in pairs, I was judging pairs, so you could, it was easier because if you, look at the sc- if you miss a job or you're not too sure if they did the triple toe side by side, you can always go back on the screen and have the clear picture if it was a double or triple. So you, you would have less mistakes and everything would be fine. But to talk to you about the event itself, before we went to the, on the, uh, for the event, I knew that our team had a chance. But I knew there were two other teams that were very strong, the Russians and the Chinese. And for me, there is one thing that always stayed in my mind. I need to be fair with everyone. I need to, to make sure that each of these athletes, whatever countries, they, they, they feel that they deserve to have a chance from the Canadian judge, including my country. I was, I was approaching the. Approaching it that way, not to not to, to, to become biased or to because it's really difficult you, you don't even know what you're doing sometimes if' you don't, if you don't have the right technique to bring you back to your job and, 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 and to, do the, to do it right but what happened is that I knew in my mind that if we were, Canada, Canada was going, we were going to skate perfect and the Russians were going to get, skate perfect, if everyone would have been perfect because of the way the panel was set up because of the draw I knew that Russian, Russia had an advantage because there were East Country people uh, judges, and it—I mean—I felt that you know we needed to show it on the ice so much. To, it has to be, because I felt it had to be so clear, so much from Canada to make it clear to, to to deserve gold that you would almost they would almost have to benefit from some mistakes from others, and it's it's something that you don't want to wish for anyone. So. I knew that the probability, because of the panel, that it was, you know, it's two, Ameri- two, uh, two North Americans only. And then I said, out of nine judges, mm, it's going to be hard. It has to be obvious. And they had worked a lot towards that to have a, a very special, pro- special program. So what happened for me, I never used that, that, um, that camera. I said, it's my Olympics, Benoit. I don't know. I was maybe stupid. But I said, you know, Benoit, you don't use a screen. You're supposed to be sharp and you're supposed to see this without the screen. So you don't look at the screen for anyone. You just make sure that you put your eyes at the right place. You know, there is a special angle. where You can look to make sure that you do it. So I said, okay, let's be brave and do it. It's there. You deserve it. You, have, you work. Be good and work and do it right. And so I knew that I was going to lose my attention if I was going to focus on a lot of technical things. So I never looked at the screen, and then what happened is that, you know, the Russian skater, they made some mistakes. So, you know, I, I marked accordingly, and then, okay. Then the Canadian came, and then Jamie and David came on the ice. Uh, to tell you how I felt with my heart, it's, it's, I cannot describe it. I thought I was going to explode, and because I felt that there was, everything was like uh, watching, and one of the cameraman, because I knew someone from CBC at the time, French, uh, on the French network, they said, you know, Benoit, for this one, we will put the camera uh, the whole time on you i said why they said well we don't know but it's you know it's interesting to see you and just to watch your reaction so i said to myself I have to I have to behave myself and then to make sure that i don't express too much because i had this tendency to kind of a, even dance on the panel if i could but they, so i said okay you have to be professional you have to look so i was all trained ready go we went so when they skated, it was perfect In my book it was perfect and i was going to go and give there were two marks at the time. So I wrote on my sheet before I entered the the, the push on the button I said, Okay, I think it's a five nine six oh. Okay? Okay, six oh. So I started to analyze my marks. I said, Okay, well if I do this, is it deserved? Is it are you biased? Are you, so you ask all those questions before you enter the marks. So I said yes, that's what they deserve. I looked on the ice and then it was a Chinese getting ready to to perform. And I said, if I put a six zero the Chinese will think that they don't have a chance with the Canadian judge. And I felt it was unethical to do that. I said, no, I'm going to put five nine five nine 5 Because I need to leave some room, and to be obvious, If because the Chinese, they were athletics, and then they could have won. Everybody has a chance. I said, okay, five nine five. 9 5. I entered my box, and what happened is that the results showed up, and I, I was sure that they were going to be first. For me, it was clear uh, up to that point. Then I looked at the screen up there and then they were second. I said, What? But I didn't see the ordinals. But I, I started to doubt what I what I what I judged. I said, What? It's impossible. I made a mistake. I mean it was so clear. I could for me there was no way in my mind that it was gonna be nine judges out of nine that were gonna put them first. For sure. I was so convinced. It was clear, clear, clear in my mind. Then I started to say, oh, no, maybe she did a double. And then I started to doubt myself, and all through the Chinese couple, I was trained to do this, so I I focused and all that. They didn't do so well, so it was obvious that they didn't have a chance. They were not in between the two. So at the end, the result came in, comes out, and then they're second. And I said, oh, my God, I'm probably biased. What a mistake. And I felt that I failed. But... Few months ago, I was aware that there was some political games being played and I stayed quiet because it was my first Olympics and I was learning. So I went out and I saw that it was a split panel and then I saw marie ren Lagoon's result and I knew that she had told me that she was in favor of the, of the of the Russians way back. And I said, no, I can't believe. It. And she, she was very good, by the way, she was a very good judge. I said, no, it's impossible. She cannot. You know, when I realized I didn't make a mistake, I got so mad. And then everything changed. My, my whole uh, skating dream that became such a big objective, it became all of a sudden a black, uh, a black cloud. And I said, okay. But what I decided then at that moment, and it's funny because I met with you in a shopping mall, not later, not That's not, right. not, not uh, the next day. Yes. I, start, I decided to isolate myself and then to do what I've always done, to really think back. And then I say, okay, I will do one call because, you know, when you go to an Olympics, you're like in a fish ball. Like you're, you, you're like in another planet almost. And then I, and I wasn't true in that planet. And I didn't feel, I knew that at the ring I thought the roof was going to explode when the result came out. I knew that there was a big, 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 many things were going around, but I didn't go and join the judges. I didn't do any, I stayed isolated in my room. I didn't talk to anyone. And then I said, I'm going to call one person. I, I'm going to call my brother so i called uh, i called my brother and i said did you watch it and then what did you think and he says but well, you don't know what's going on open the tv i mean it's everywhere and then, and then i d- realized the magnitude of of this thing that was happening and the cheating started to come out then the marie ren was on the picture and and stupid me i wanted i said oh poor her she's alone <laughs> she's there everybody's after her but uh, she's i went downstairs and i said let's try to call her to see if she's okay <laughs> and then We we didn't have the meeting, and she was the one who created all the things. And I was still trying to protect the family again to say, okay, poor her. And then I realized the next day that when we went to justify our remarks, because you know we have we have this meeting with the where we with the referee, and then they tell us if we were right or wrong. It was the the. Uh, It was almost like a big... It was like a movie. I think they could not have write a better scenario. I mean, we had people from TV. They were trying to put... I was going to the washroom. The cameraman, they were following. They wanted to know from inside our house what was happening and how... who made that mistake and what is the reason why it happened that way. And this is where I made the best decision in my life in skating, since I've been involved in skating. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you know what? I'm here on what role? ISU. I'm under the ISU authority. I decided that I'm gonna stay there as a judge. I'm not supposed to talk to anyone. I'm not talking to anyone. I will do what's right and I made a decision to write a letter to complain and to know, to tell the president of the ISU, everything that I knew. And this is how it started because the press was after that and they were, I felt, almost harassment around me because they all wanted to hear something. I don't, I don't want to say that it's because of me. I was, again, it's always a team effort, but I had a feeling that many people went into the same, the same direction to understand what had happened and if it was a question of having to to punish or to have to some sanctions to an individual or country or whoever was was creating this, well, we should take some action. And I never, I had my opinion, but I decided, as you recall, I stayed very quiet. I didn't say a word. I respected the rules. I didn't make any announcement. I didn't go. To, I didn't go do any press conference until I went home. But it became the zoo started to came to kept going, and all of a sudden, I felt I had a lot of attention, a lot of intimidation. I mean, then you start to play a game with other countries, and they said, you know, why did you do this? Your career is over. But at the end, I said, I don't care about this. It's, for me, it's not, it's not my career. It's the skaters. It, what is it for me, uh, judging Olympics when the other ones, they deserve to have a gold medal, and maybe it's their whole life that it's going to be impacted by that. How do we look like when it, when it happens? For me, there was no question that I was doing the right thing by, by, by making sure we could make a difference for them. It, it wasn't a, and I'm telling you that it's not because it's the Canadians at all, because of course, I mean, I was a, a, a bit more hurt because it, they, they were ours, and I knew them. But you know what, when you go by the board and then you see, I remember Jamie came up to me and then I, I saw the picture a picture of that saying, "I apologize." I had the best skater in the Olympic Games apologizing for something they had never made that they, they, they didn't create. That. They did what they could on the ice. I said. it's impossible. I went so mad that I started to, to try to do something and be part of the process in respect of the ISU uh, rules.
1: It's an amazing story and one, um, uh, I know what it meant to you. We've had discussions about it
2: mm-hmm. in the
1: past and mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, what a glorious thing to have the change in the scoring system, uh, Canada mm-hmm. very much a part of that development. Uh, I think we should all be very proud that was the beginning of of a great step for the sport and you know here we are many years later and you have uh, finished your um, assignment as President of Skate Canada and now you've moved on to the ISU. Tell us a little bit about your function there.
2: Well, the the uh, again to tell you the truth, and I'll be I'll be very honest when I say this, um, the the years I had as president at Skate Canada was the probably the biggest accomplishment that I would. Will ever have, you know, because I felt I was not alone. I did that. I did this with the best people, uh, uh, including Udebi and all the people in the office, and the, the, because I wanted to bring together the our employees with the volunteers. I wanted to create, you know, that it was like the extended family. But as you know, everybody has a role to play, and sometimes. We, we can want, we can hope for a role, but maybe we don't, we're not suited to the, to the role, but we made sure to put everyone at the right place to create something very unique, and I think we did that. And it's not me, it's a team. Same thing with the what happened at the Olympics. It's a collective effort, but it was all tainted with Canadian uh, roots and Canadian warmth and, and Canadian honesty. And I felt very proud to be, uh, I've never felt so proud to be Canadian. So for me, that that's one part. That led me to, of course, by being involved in implementing the new judging system, we, we, we took the best people that could teach us how to use components, how to separate the marks and everything. We needed that change, but the sport needed to, to be more clear, you know, technically and artistically. And then we had the right people to do it, and then to witnesses was great. Of course, it made me... I was a little more seen by the ISU, the International Skating Union. I was going to events. I was a bit more recognized because it's all about, at that level, I would say, politics is very important in a way that you vote, but there are so many big leaders that they don't always have... The same opportunities to develop, you know, in a country where we have so many skaters, so many coaches, we have a wealth of 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 expertise everywhere in Canada. We, we, it's it's unbelievable when I compare Canada to even the whole structure of the ISU because we contributed so much and we have names that makes us remember that we made history in many ways. But as far as I'm concerned, I was finished with Skate Canada and I. Sincerely, I never thought that I could have that potential to be a leader at that level at, at the International Skating Union. Um, what happened, it was a bit funny, but, but, when, when, but I, I had a sense of responsibility, and I think you will agree with me, Debbie, that we've always thought that Canada and even U.S., North America needs to be represented properly at that level as well because you know it's ten, ten, 10 positions five for five positions for speed five positions for figure skating and each of those positions or each one we have a very big responsibility we need to be diverse we need variety different culture and so on but canada i've always had this conversation with the former president the isu mr Ch- chiquanta Canada needs to be represented because we're still so important in the development of the sport, at least to monitor the the evolution of the sport up to the top. And if we want the top to change, we need to make a change at the lower level. So anyway, it was decided that maybe... I could give it a try but what happened they wanted me there was a normal path to go and I should have start maybe the best way to go on the technical committee then if I get elected on technical then maybe chair of the, the technical committee then if I do well there and if I'm well person maybe go to the council because the council is a very very political one and rarely we've seen people you know coming up from the president of a federation and get elected as a council people and then and I'm sorry to put this, to say this in front of you, Debbie, but you know as much as I know that everybody was not so supportive about it. They always saw me with a role at the ISU, but very few could see it to the way that I could have the chance or have even the, the guts to go directly to the council. Because for some people, it was almost an insult because it's like if I would not have done my classes, you know, at the lower level, which makes sense. But you know what, Debbie, as I told you many times, and we discussed this for many, many, many times, I said, but my profile, I think, was not done Only technical is, is great. I can, do, I can do it as well. But who else can we put at the, at the council level that was developed on the, with the administration side, the financial impact of it? I think that we need someone there as well. And then I think we have a lot of many people that are even much better than me technically that could, be, that could serve on the technical committee. Why don't I give it a try to the council? At least people, they will know that I aim for this. And I feel that if Canada supports me and they feel that I have the credentials to go at that level, well, let's try it. But by doing this, it was the first time that I felt that I might have made the, right, the wrong choice. And if you recall, we are trying to do vignettes, and we are trying to, to get ready because there's a bit of a campaign there, and I wanted to do it stuff. I wanted to, to be known, and, and, and I remember, I'll never forget this advice that you gave me, Debbie, and it came from you. Let's get people to know you, Benoit, from what we were just discussing, who you are. It was basic, but you know what? We did some vignettes. We I So I introduced myself to the ISU, wanted to be in one of the biggest roles, and then Without having any expectations, not being confident, and I know that you understand when I say this, that I was not, but I had this, I felt that I had this heart that I wanted to give back, and it was my role to be there because it's not, it was not me, I'm telling you, it was Canada. I needed, we wanted, I wanted to make sure that they would see that they would have to take a stand for Canada if they wanted to, if they feel that we should be as a country on that council. So we were about, we were 12 or 13 uh 12 i think we were 12 and to be honest if i'm really fair if you ask me the judge i think i should have been maybe aiming for seventh or eighth place you know in the ranking because there is a way to vote and so on because i was not so known i had been to many congresses but we i decided to stick with my own principle to be myself to my personality to to, and go and see people if they don't want i understand they won't vote for me but i did that campaign without knowing exactly how to do it but i remained myself and all of a sudden through through the first vote because there are two there are a few rounds of votes right from the first vote i got i got elected number four i could not believe it for me it was uh, and what happened is that my a lot of things has, has changed because i realized that what we've done at skate canada was great because I had the opportunity to pick the people that I was working with, and uh, you know when you have the uh, when you can create your own team it's very very you are very fortunate when you can do that knowing that you pick the right people but when you go at on at the international level, I never thought that I was going to feel so lonely because I always had a team with me understanding my philosophy, where I wanted to go, and you know what i was i was I was developing because I had ideas from other people, and I thought it was a collective effort. Today, I've been elected for a second term, and then it, it probably shows that they had confidence in, in, in my potential. But, but that's the part that I find hard because we all come from different cultures. Even if we understand each other, we have to. It takes time before you build up the team aspect that I was dreaming of. You know, and then. In those positions, we don't understand, or we don't read the sport all the same way. And and it's the it, one thing you've got to remember is to. You know, I kept asking myself this question: Do I belong there? I told you that in Skate Canada, I made it clear there is a place for everyone who wants to be part of the sport. When you get at that level, it's it's. It was almost at the beginning. At the beginning, it was almost. Why am I here instead of, you know, how can I contribute and are we a team or whatever? Because it was a big, big eye-opener. Not that I was so surprised, but I thought that we could advance things very much quicker. And I was told, I was, I was, they told me it's going to take time and so on. And it took me, the, I, I had to reflect and then to step back a bit and to give it the time to learn more. I felt like a kid going to school, but coming from another type of school and having to learn a new system. It was exactly, you know, how I felt at the beginning. But it didn't take long. I think that I realized that people were all human again. And then it's to kind of forge an identity through that. ISU, that big organization, and then to find ways where you can contribute, but with probably not the same, with the same impact, but with smaller steps, and maybe give it a little more time, and maybe in four years from now, eight years from, eight years from now, we will probably see a change. Not that we need to change everything, but a change of philosophy, a change of, of values, because you know what? The sport keeps changing we're not using tv the same way as we use uh, as it was before social media has a major place media is different the written press is different the judges are different everything is different and i think we will succeed and i think my role is really to make sure that through the evolution of the sport if we are the big leaders that can drive the the um, the direction to give a direction to the sport Well, it's the most important responsibility I will ever have in my career, and I can't not miss on this one because everybody will will follow up what we want to have, how we want to develop it. So, as a group. The council, I think the ISU. It's a, I didn't think it was such a big organization because, and because it has longevity. They, there is, a, there are, there's a lot of money. Uh, but I feel that sometimes we have to forge better our identity and to understand and to make a commitment to decide how much we want people to be part of this with us. It's not a we day. I think, and because I think it's been perceived that way, and it's been that way a bit, it's about let's be all equal, you know, It and it's funny because I always make a funny joke about when I arrived there, there was one thing that I was, um, you know, I'm I'm not easy to be, um, I'm respectful, but, but, but I'm not easy to control, eh? and then when I was given my uniform, and then, and just to, just, not, not, I'm not laughing at the structure, it's just that sometimes with my stupid questions, I was, I got answers that I could not understand all the time. But I I said to myself, how can it become more important what we're wearing instead of making the decisions you know for the sport and how much are we so i'm always asking me myself those questions are we asking ourselves the right questions are we helping the sport are we talking about the sport? are we this is this sounds stupid maybe or, or basic but you know what i'm i'm serious when i say it because i realized that how lucky i was not having to ask myself those questions before because I knew where we were going. I knew there was, there was no, no question. But because of the impact of the politics and everything, and the, the definitions that we have, and the Olympic Committee, you probably understand that they all have their realities in there. It's not easy for anyone. So I feel that I have a bigger responsibility, but with less, with less ways of doing it myself. So it means that we need to be so much together, much more together to, to show that there, we, we're, we're doing some progress or we're going in some specific directions. It's not about changing. It's about adapting and being good. And for me, I, just to make you laugh, I said, okay, I asked the question, when do, we, when do we have to wear the uniform? And then everybody was looking at me. I said, what is he But I said, is there a time? Like, when do we wear it when we go uh, in functions? Is it in medals? Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like picking an outfit, a, a coat to go to Olympics <laughs> because they will, we all want our, uh, to have our identity. But I've seen discussions sometimes. I hope I won't be perceived the wrong way, but I see discussions sometimes <laughs> that all of a sudden you you, you see, the real reason why people really love to be part of the sport. And and, and for me, we're totally beside <laughs> what we should be discussing. And I include, I include myself, but, you know, but I try. I try little things, you know, for the uniform just to make you laugh. I said, okay, let's. For me, uh, you know me I've been in meetings and and I like to dress casual and, and but you know, having to go to all of these meetings when you only ten and having to wear the the the, the tie, the shirt, the dress jacket the, i mean i I'm so warm when I go to to these meetings i don't know I, so I started to not wear the tie because there's no rules, so but to have people following me, I feel that i don't have the same type of influence when i than when I was in Canada. <laughs> Well you (laughs) know what I think there's just two suits for that. (laughs)
1: It it makes me giggle because of course these days with the announcement of the new royal baby, I'm thinking um, in it's uh, A little bit uh, of a metaphor, I suppose, for the royal family and the ISU. The ISU is the royal family of figure skating. You're bringing some modernization to it, and I I applaud your efforts. Um, But I also want to say that it's very easy uh, when you're on the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking, oh, well, this is simple. It's it's mm-hmm. not simple organizations no. are fraught no. with opinions and it's complicated
2: yeah yes. no it's complicated and we and we understand i used to say just to the uniform because i'm sure everyone can relate to this but you know i said i never wear n- nobody will ever force me to wear a uniform and, you know, because for me, it was only like, oh, we cannot control me to wear this, to, to, when I have to wear it. And it's like, you know, I don't even remember my mother telling me to do this. So, so it's funny because it, brings, it comes to you and the way we react to it, it's a bit like when I was a kid, you know. And the funny part is, when I'm in that position, because, you know, I, I will end the ISU part on this, I was asking myself, what has been the, the biggest privilege privilege that I had as a person or as the the small boy who was dreaming about Olympics. And you would have asked me the question before I went to Olympics uh, in Pyeongchang and I would have never thought that I would say this today. And you know what it is? It is when I was, when I received for the first, I mean, it, this will never happen to me ever, I'm sure. But what happened to me? I got invited to give to offer a medal to a category. It was speed skating, you know, because we well, we have shorter. When I received this invitation and when I was on the ice at the at the oval uh, at Olympics, giving the medal, it was the ten thousand meter. I didn't know who the skater was. There they were. I didn't. I had no clue. I went to see the event because I said it's 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 so. I mean, I should know this, you know, and I said, I felt bad. I said, I'm going to go and watch it. I was so much into it and I felt so privileged that for me, I will never be as close as that from skaters who had just accomplished the biggest dream of their lives. So for the first time, I realized when I looked at them how precious that moment was for them, and it made me to be so thankful for the opportunity. They will never know who I am. They will never. But the way I looked at them, they don't know that there is a little, I would say, a small boy in me that was 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 looking at them, and that I could never be so close to to uh, to a situation like this, and it, to the, that my dream was was true. I made it true now. And then for me, there was nothing more fulfilling than that moment. And again, it was totally, maybe almost. <laughs> You know, anonymous. But for me, it was the the best ever feeling that I will ever have in my life. I think in skating, the biggest privilege.
1: It's kind of like worlds colliding.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, it's, it's true. It's true.
1: Part of our skating world, but not a part of the skating world that in which we participate. So, true. I I can feel your feelings.
2: About yes. Those. Well, I'm very emotional, and and you know what. The end of the story is really, do you ever think that I would question to not wear the uniform that day? No. Do you, do you think that I, I made sure I had everything placed at the right place to make sure I had the right shoes, the right pen? Can you imagine that I, I was looking at this before I was going to wear my suit like it was like for me going to perform my, my Olympic uh, performance ever, you know, and, and I took this so seriously, then it made me realize that it's important to put things in perspective. Respect yes. what you have, and be, you know, honorable. We say in French, honor the situation because it's such a big privilege. You might, it might never happen again. And look, and and you know, you look back at all these years. It's nothing. It's nothing. The time that I spent in the rings, because to just do this, it's worth every penny. Because I was not expecting it. I didn't. Maybe I didn't even deserve it. But. But I accepted it, and then for me, they made me the happiest person in the world as a volunteer.
1: Well, you have been part of skating history at so many levels, conducting the sport, Uh, nationally for sure Uh, participating in the history, the tremendous history of the sport, not just in Canada but around the world and now your role with the ISU is uh, something I think we all in the skating world look up to we certainly appreciate the tremendous time you've spent with us today
2: Thank you so much David. Thanks
1: Benoit, all the best
2: Thank you, thank you very much
0: Many Thanks again to Benoit and Debbie for joining us this week. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our next monthly episode. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you subscribe. Just search for Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. We'd love to hear your comments on today's episode. You can log in to comment on any of our posts, including our regular blog posts, by going to alumni.skatecanada.ca in your web browser. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you can join us next month as well for another edition of our podcast. Until then, we hope you have a great start to the 2019-2020 skating year.